Good morning, everyone. I missed y'all last week. In person, online, I mean, they got to watch us, but it wasn't live. Um, well, that, don't talk about that. That was sad. Yeah, so a little behind the scenes, and I'll just share this. John and I being guys and understanding high def and getting the best video quality, right? Our phones record in 4K, which is good. Like watching 4K movies on the TV is amazing. Doesn't quite fly trying to get it onto Facebook and YouTube and Sermon.net, so we apologize for going for the highest quality. It was, it was craziness. Um, but I'm glad that we're here today in person, at home, being safe. Uh, wherever we are, we are going to complete chapter 2 today of James. So turn with me to James chapter 2, the last three verses, 24 through 26. And today is true faith like Rahab. Last week we talked about Abraham and his faith journey and all that God was able to do in his life to the point that God asked him, I need you to give up your son. You need to be willing to sacrifice Isaac and trust my word and trust me in this process. And he trusted him and didn't have to end up sacrificing Isaac. So Abraham's faith was amazing. It was, it was faith by works. And you saw that the works that Abraham had not only justified his faith to men, but his faith, his true faith with God and his salvation, that he was justified by faith and the relationship that he had with God. So we're going to go on and we're going to take a look at Rahab this morning and the faith journey that she was on. But before we start, I needed to find out from you, and we won't pull the room, this would take forever, but there's some great tools out there for us to discover what the best is, right? If you want to Google anything, you know, what is the best whatever, and you can Google it, You'll get all these ads, of course, and you'll get some sites that have gone through, done the homework. And if you're old enough to remember Consumer Reports, you had to buy the magazine or go to the library and check it out. And that they really listed everything. Now it's all on the Internet. But if you want the very best, you can Google things now. You see ratings from other consumers. You see some tests or whatever done by the company. And Carrie and I are on the hunt for a vacuum. She's already picked it. And she went through, of course, did her research, found the best one that we needed, something kind of, you know, lightweight that she can, she can help out when possible. But Google's a great thing. You, if you go to another town for a restaurant, you can get on Yelp. There, you see all the reviews, find the best restaurant. A key though to find the best restaurant is to go to the locals. If you go to a hotel, you go to the concierge or the check-in desk person, and they'll give you the printout that all these restaurants ask you, but the real key is to ask them where they would go. Um, so there's ways to find out the best. Best restaurants, best items to purchase, best schools. When Carrie and I moved out here, we did research of what were the best schools at that time for our boys, and we went to that neighborhood, and we got a house there. Uh, and so there's ways to find the best. Because that's what we want. We want something in quality. We want something that we can rely on, something that other people have tried out. And so here's this element as we get into the story of Rahab that we're looking at this and going, God, Rahab, really? Like of all the people in Jericho, you chose Rahab. 
And, but God doesn't operate the way that we operate, does he? Thank you, Jesus. His grace is very different than our grace. And we're going to dig in and take a look at Rahab's uh, faith and where she was and what, how she worked out that faith in her life. So go back to Joshua chapter 2. We're going to look at Joshua chapter 2 and kind of go through this. Sometimes it's good to kind of just verbally tell the story. But man, this reads like a movie script. This is good stuff. So we're going to work through Joshua chapter 2 and take a look at Rahab. Because James, let me read the, the verses in James first. I got caught up in my shopping mode. But James chapter 2, and then we'll go, so put your finger at Joshua chapter 2. 24 to 26 of James, as you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone, and in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So now jump over to Joshua chapter 2 and let's take a look at Rahab's story. So even in verse 1, by the way, Besides Adam and Eve, who is someone in the Bible that didn't have parents? Joshua is the son of none. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Joshua, the son of none, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. Now, Jericho is a large Canaanite city. They had to work around this large walled fortress of a city as the spies went out to go check out the promised land. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. Now I assume with all the travelers of this place that Rahab had, she probably knew kind of what personalities and and picked up on lifestyles of, of all these people that were traveling and came and stayed at her place. To the point that she probably knew that these guys were spies. And we're going to see that, that all of Jericho knew that they're, that the Israelites were coming. And to the point also that others noticed because continuing on, continuing on in verse two, it says, and it was told to the king of Jericho, behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. So even the king understood, these guys were coming. This is not great news for us. So we need to find out where these spies are. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, true, the men came to me. So she admitted that she had seen these men. And then she lies and says, but I did not know where they, they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. So not only kind of just lies a little bit, like builds a story for the king to, hey, they left town. You better go pursue them. And so is lying good? No. Lying's not good. But she did lie to the bad guys and helped out the good guys, God's guys, right? Kids, don't try to use that with your parents because it won't work. But so verse six, but she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flocks that she had laid in order on the roof. 
So now Rahab is taking her own life into her own hands, helping these spies out. Because if she's caught, the spies are caught, that's it for her. She's going to be killed by the king. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Now, at this point, Rahab knows that God is God, that, that God Almighty is doing something. And she understood that truth of who he was, heard the stories, and we're about to get to that, heard the stories of what God is doing and understands that, that this relationship with God is an important piece of, of what she needs in her life. And that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants inhabitants of the land melt away before you for we have heard how the lord dried up the water of the red sea before you before you when you came out of egypt and this was 40 years prior so all these stories have been floating around and and coming through all the land of what god did uh, getting the israelites out of egypt and what he did to the two kings of the amorites who were beyond the jordan to shihon and og whom you devoted to destruction. Now, so the people of Jericho know what's going on. The people of Jericho know the Israelites are on the move. So s- stories are swirling. That's why the king immediately was like, we've got to get these two spies out of here. Uh, we basically, they know that they are in danger. And so verse 11, and as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. And here's her statement of faith. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and the earth beneath. This is Rahab's verbal confession of faith. And when you think about the so much little information that she had about God, she's getting third, fourth, tenth hand of information about what God did. But yet God knew and spoke to her heart about who he was, that she had faith in knowing who he is. And look at in our situation We're on the other side of Calvary. We have the full story of Christ Jesus. We have the full story of redemption for us because of of what Christ Jesus did on the cross, his life lived, his death and his resurrection to conquer sin and death. And we have all of that and so much more information, if you will, for our faith. Here's Rahab that has just kind of heard stories, but yet God still speaks and spoke to her. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. Now here's where we start seeing Rahab's faith lived out. These works because of her faith is that she's thinking of others, putting her family and needs above her own and I know you've, you all have seen enough movies to know. If you're trying to escape with someone, it's easier to escape with one person than an entire family worth of people. And Rahab probably knows this, but her concern for her family was so great. And her worry and concern for their salvation that she said, please, not just myself, let, let my whole family be able to escape from this. If you do not tell this business of ours, then the Lord gives us a land. We will deal kindly and faithfully with you. So the spies 
were impressed. They, they even say that up above in verse 14, our life for yours, even to death. So the spies are like, okay, let's do this. And Rahab assures the spies that she's on their side and that this protection for her family is in place. They protect Rahab and her family. And they say, look, you need to put a scarlet thread out. And anyone that you want to be saved and protected, make sure they're in that house when the walls fall down so that then we can get you and your family out. If any of your family are outside, even the doors of your house, they will be killed along with all the rest of Jericho. And so the spies scale down the Great Wall of Jericho. I told you it's cool movie stuff. And the spies leave. They wait their three days before they go back to Joshua to say, hey, here's a plan. We're all good. And then next comes the fall of Jericho. Uh, the seven times around the walls, the horns blown, the people shouting, and the walls came a-tumbling down. And then we go to Joshua 6.25, and we see that Joshua and the spies kept their promise. Joshua 6.25 said, But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her, because she hid the men Joshua had sent the spies to Jericho, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. So this is where we see Rahab's interaction with God and starting to show her works. Uh, this faith that she had is coming forth out of her, and it's, it is affecting the way that she's treating others, thinking of others, and working this out. So Rahab's faith, justified by her works, her, this faith is alive, and this is obvious. She took a stand for God, uh, that Rahab lit, risked her own life for this God. Uh, that she knew was God, truly almighty God. She protected his people by helping the spies escape. She made provision for her her whole family to be saved. She risked everything in the process. And this is why James is using Rahab, uh, this, this life, not only life-altering faith, but a life that was going to be at risk physically because of her faith for God and for his people. And looking at this, we have, we talked earlier in James about being careful that our works are not just on Sunday morning. Cause it's a lot easier, isn't it? You made it here, even in the snow. At home, your home's safe. You're watching online. And, the, and that's some works. You do Bible study. Uh, you, you open the word and you dig in and you study. But James is careful to say it's so much more than just our religious works, the works that people see and, oh, aren't they a good Christian? It's beyond that. And we see that Rahab's faith is not just a Sunday morning faith, uh, that she risked her life. She got involved with what the story was and the situation that she had. She had an opportunity to live that faith out and to help. And you see kindness and generosity and caring for those in need. And we don't see Rahab stopping to say, well, hold on, let me pray first, or let me open, you know, the word and make sure I'm in the right place and make sure I'm a strong enough Christian before I interact with this situation. No, she was all in, uh, knowing that it was a need that God had, and she reacted and and went all in with this this situation with the spies and protecting her family and risking her own life. And Rahab's faith is a faith that worked. It wasn't just words. 
She heard the Israelites were God's chosen people, her actions to save the spies, and align with God's people saved her. Uh, she knew that it was more than just a statement. Could you imagine if she met the spies and said, oh yes, I heard about your God, I believe he is God, and then that's it, and didn't help him out. Uh, that's a faith that is just spoken without the works. But she believed God and became involved with what God was doing. How many times in our faith are we involved with what God is doing? We have a lot of activities, like I said, at church. We have some amazing outreach like we have on Wednesday night and with our children on Tuesday and ways to get out into the community. Are we involved with what God is doing physically and emotionally in every part of our being, more than just within the walls of this sanctuary? But are we involved in the work that God is doing and coming alongside him to be his hands and feet and to serve others? And Rahab's faith was justified by God to the point that she was even added to the faith chapter of Hebrews 11. And that verse in Hebrews 11:31 says, By faith Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. So here Rahab is listed with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and other great heroes of the faith because of this act that she lived out and the works involved with her sacrifice of her own life for the faith of God and for the, the protection of the spies and God's people. So as we look at Rahab and we look at, like I said at the beginning, you know, would we have chosen Rahab out of all the people in Jericho to help out the will of God? And probably not. But that gives me amazing hope. That gives me amazing hope that God's going to use me when I don't seem like I would be worthy. I don't think God would necessarily cho- choose me if he had to come in and, and choose someone in Waldorf to do his will. Would he really choose me? And a lot of times we don't think so. But look at this, that God uses everyone who has faith, even the unlikely. And then I put this down, actually, usually the unlikely. If you go through scripture, God uses mainly those who are the unlikely candidates, the ones we wouldn't think. Uh, Who would have chosen Zacchaeus to, to be involved in this work that Jesus had? You go through all of scripture and look at God, who he used. It wasn't always the religious leaders. It wasn't always the pastors and the deacons. And we keep going back to the Good Samaritan. Rahab, if you put Rahab in the story of the Good Samaritan, she was the Good Samaritan. She wasn't the religious leader and those that just walked past the situation. She got involved with what God was doing. So through this, we see grace. And let me put it this way, because I need this as a reminder to myself. God often saves people that I wouldn't save if I were God, right? Thank you, Jesus. My grace would not be enough for anyone. If it was up to me to choose those who need to be saved, a bunch of people would be in a lot of trouble, right? Anyone cop an attitude with me? Oh, you're off the list, right? So I'm glad it's not up to us. I'm glad it's not up to any world leader. I'm glad it's not up to any politician, anyone in this world that is dishing out grace. It is from Almighty God. 
And I'm, we see this in Rahab's story, that this story of redemption is amazing and beautiful, and that is the grace of God at work. And so if I ever hear anyone say, well, how could God use me? How could Almighty God, the Holy God of Heaven, use such a sinner like me? Well, then let me tell you a story about Rahab. Uh, and look at this redemptive story of her life with God taking over and, and being Lord of her life. And then we see Rahab's heart for the lost. We saw that she was not only concerned about her own well-being and safety, but she was concerned about her family. And who knows, with her job that she had, who knows if there was tension in that family? Who knows if there was separation and distance with her family? But she didn't care. She cared enough about her family who was going to be lost, who was going to die in the fall of Jericho, and she was willing to save them no matter what the cost. Where is our heart for those in our life who we know are going to be lost, who are going to die without Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And how, what are we doing? Are we willing to risk our lives like Rahab for those who are lost? And so we see this beautiful picture of Rahab and this heart for the lost, her desire to see that no matter what the cost, she was going to make sure others were safe and protected. And then you look at the times Rahab is mentioned in the Bible. And James and in Hebrews, when I read Hebrews, she's referred to as Rahab the prostitute. Well, why are they using Rahab the prostitute when they know her story? When they know that she ends up becoming grafted into the Israelites and the chosen people of God, why still the title? How many times are we caught up in our past and thought, Man, I just, I've got to get past. I need all of this gone. I need to just be, I need to turn and, and face tomorrow and do all I can to be the best person I can, to be the, the Christ follower that God needs. When God uses our past, we have that story of Rahab because now we see that there is no one who, whose God's grace will not cover if you're willing to have him be Lord of your life. And so we have this. And I promise you, no matter what situation we're going through, no matter what trials and tribulations we have gone through in the past, God's going to use that in the future. God's going to use that today. And it is overwhelming, and I get that. It is an uphill struggle that we keep falling backwards. I totally get that. But know that God has a plan, and, and he has planned your whole life out. He planned, he knew from the beginning of time that Rahab was going to give her life to him and sacrifice her life for the spies, for the continuation of the story. God's got a plan for each one of us. No matter what our past is, no matter what comes in the present, God's got a plan. And look at this God's plan that we need to understand that Rahab was chosen by Almighty God to be a chosen instrument, even in her sin, to bring about the salvation to the ends of the earth. Because going back to looking at the rest of the story of Rahab and remembering from Ephesians chapter 2 that God has prepared beforehand our good works. Do you remember that? That we should walk in them. 
So not only Rahab's story isn't finished here, she didn't just get to, to be saved from Jericho and go hang out with the Israelites and become a part of who they are. Get this. Here is Rahab, a Gentile woman, a Canaanite, who had been a prostitute and added to the people of God. And Rahab ends up living her the rest of her life with the Jews as an Israelite. But Ahab, Rahab was included in the line of Christ. Matthew chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. We have Rahab again. Salmon fathered Boaz by Rahab. Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth. Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered King David. Rahab not only left her life of sin, married a godly man, and then gave him a son named Boaz, who you can read about, by the way, in the book of Ruth. She was added to the lineage of Christ Jesus. And so God continues to take, you know, my life, our lives, and we think, where's our purpose? Are we truly doing what we need to do for God? And he continues to supersize it, if you will. He continues to blow our mind with how he uses us. If we are obedient in our faith, he continues to, to not reveal the plans that he has for us because I think that would freak us out a, a lot. But I want to challenge each one of us to look back and see how far we've come because of our faith. See where we are in this situation and understand that God's redemptive power and the grace that he bestows on our life is so much greater than we could ever imagine. And so here is Rahab. And like Rahab, once we have become Christians, our past are forgiven, our slate is wiped clean, and we no longer have to be viewed as unclean because we are pure in Christ's sight, uh, because of Christ Jesus. And knowing that, yes, we're going to sin, we're going to fall, we're going to fall flat on our face. But God is at work in us. It's part of that faith growth process. And then let's end with verse 26. And I love James because he keeps throwing these illustrations in. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So think about this. If you see a body that's not breathing, you pretty, pretty well know that that body is dead. Am I right? That faith that does not produce good works is dead. And works aren't added to faith. We've talked about that. Our works come out of our life of faith. It comes out of what God is doing in our life. You wouldn't walk up and say, hey, you're breathing. I didn't know you added that to your lifestyle, right? We don't add breathing to your body because you need breathing to live. Breathing is part of who we, our whole system to keep us alive. And works is part of keeping our true faith alive. If we have true faith, there's works that are obviously part of our true faith that we need. And looking at Rahab, understanding all that she went through, she lived that work, that life of faith. She worked it out. And I can only imagine the stories after she, from that incident, instance on of all that she had to to share about her testimony, but all the continued faith. She saw God at work in that one time, and I'm sure hard times came. I'm sure her faith stumbled in the future. I'm sure that she had issues to really trust God, but sometimes we've got to look back at what God has done, and that's my challenge to us all when we're frustrated in our faith 
take a, a step back and look back at where God did something amazing in our life, even the point of salvation. And so with Rahab's faith, understanding that God uses anyone as a beautiful story of redemption. And as we go into our time of Lord's Supper, I want us to also think about our story of redemption, uh, that we truly were lost and are now found. Uh, that we were blind and now we see. There's an amazing work, even if it's that moment alone, which it's not, because God has plans for our life. That moment alone of salvation is enough for us to glorify God in all things, uh, to seek Christ Jesus in all things, and to allow, allow the Holy Spirit to be at work in our life. So let's pray as we conclude this time and then Go into invitation. Please remember we will have uh, a deacon on each side if there's a decision that you would like to make. Uh, But let's pray and go into our invitation time and then we'll go into Lord's Supper. Father, I thank you for this moment that you have given us to be reminded of your amazing redemptive power by your grace, by your mercy, by your love, that you have taken, taken any of us who have chosen to follow you, have chosen to make you Lord of our life, and and you have a plan for us. And that faith alone is going to produce these amazing works that you have allowed us to be part of. Father, I pray that as we are reminded of Rahab, and even looking, looking back at Abraham, uh, that there are some amazing things that you're going to ask us to accomplish. Uh, but that we stay true to our faith, that we stay working at serving others and serving you because of this faith. Father, help us to love you that much more today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. started 
Yes, our God will finish what he started. This is my testimony from death to life. Because grace rewrote my story, I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony, this is my testimony. Oh, 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 oh. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead, you're not done. Yeah. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe this is my testimony from death to life. Because grace rewrote my story, I'll justify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. Oh, I'm alive. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story, I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified This is my testimony, this is my testimony Oh, 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 oh. Please be seated to have a Lord's Supper communion cup, we raise your hands so we can make sure we we all have that in family at home. If you'll get yours ready, and this time of remembrance is truly a Remembering Christ and his sacrifice on the cross, uh, that his blood shed for us, a blood that is powerful enough to cleanse us from all of our sin, knowing that it truly took a sacrifice of a perfect human and an amazing perfect God, a holy God who Christ Jesus is for our sacrifice, the true only way that we are redeemed to the Father by the shed blood. And so thank not only of this time of the sacrifice of Jesus, but our own personal redemptive story of his work in our life, our life that was dead and is now alive because of Christ Jesus. Reading in 1 Corinthians, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is broken for you, Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner 
will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Family, if you please take the bread. have a moment of prayer. Father, I thank you that we have this life, this new life in Christ Jesus. And as we take this moment in remembrance of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross with his shed blood, that we are reminded that it truly was a sacrifice. It was a laying down of his life for ours. Father, I pray that we continue to not only put Christ Jesus at the forefront of all things, but we remember the amazing grace and the love that you have given to each one of us. In Jesus' name I pray. Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And family, if you'll please get the cup ready. Father, as we continue in this time, that you search our hearts. Father, that we continue to be a work in progress, that we continue to struggle in our faith and celebrate our faith and rejoice in our faith. But Father, I pray for a surrounding of your Holy Spirit in our life. I pray for your word and your truth to continue to pierce our heart. Father, I pray that you continue to work on our decision to allow you to mold us and to make us to look more like Christ Jesus. It's not easy. We failed miserably. But Father, I pray that you continue to reveal yourself to us. Continue to reveal the plans that you have for our life and the journey that you've given us in our faith. In Jesus' name I pray.